This is an ABC podcast. Yo, ngaran jual laur pa. Kawil pura koyako meipelama. My name is laur pa, and my other name is meipelama. When a baby is born on Yolngu country in East Arnhem Land, Larapa says the land knows. So when you have your baby on your own country, the land shakes, people shake. When a Yolngu woman is ready to give birth and her water breaks, elders believe the earth is ready to meet her baby, to welcome them. When they come out, baby comes out. Once the water hit, once the water runs into the ground, it's making a pathway for baby to come and the blood to come. Once it sinks down, it shakes the land, shake the grass, shake everything. People and the family, whoever is on the land, we, we know that she has come. So the land knows the baby has been born? Yeah, knows the baby, who that baby is. If the baby comes, once it's there, it's given name. The name is there already. Younger woman Larapa Mapalama joining us on site's friction for NAIDOC week. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This year's theme is Heal Country. Hey, I'm Natasha Mitchell. Also with us this week is Lauren Roberts. She's health reporter from ABC Darwin with a story for you about medicine learning to listen. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Natasha. We're giving birth on country this week. We're going to be bringing together two ways of having babies, yeah? Yeah, that's right. So the Western way and the ancient Yongle way. Connecting the two is, is part of Larapa's work as a senior research fellow at the Molly Watagugu Research Centre. Larapa lives in Galawinku. It's a remote community on Elko Island in the top end. And it wants to reclaim its rights to have babies born on country again. Okay, so you're going to take us to Galawinko in this show. Help locate us. It's roughly 550 kilometres northeast of where I live in Darwin. You can't drive there? No, it's either boat or plane, and we flew. Okay, it's over to you and Larapa. On the hill on the outside of the community sits an art centre. It's a place popular with tourists coming to visit. In decades past, the art centre was actually a hospital, first set up by Methodist missionaries. One night, more than 40 years ago, in a room here, which is now a storage space, Larapa became a mother. Uh, first time that I got my first child, that was in the early mission days. It was dark when a 21-year-old Larapa laboured, and there were no midwives or nurses around. But Larapa says she was not alone. And they weren't were midwife or sister, they were the cleaner. The Yulu women working as night cleaners were there to guide her. But yet they know how to deliver babies. And they helped me because they knew the old way of doing it, in Yulu way. And that made her feel safe. 
and they were showing me how to do it and how to sit down, you know, for the baby, and talking to me a lot, and they make me more comforting, and they were talking to me in language. After her son was born, Larapa says the cleaners left to let the nurses know. They went up to the house, knock on the door, nurse, we're ready. And she thought I was getting pain, you know, but the baby were already outside. She came down and she said, oh, how amazing. Then she came around and pat my back and said, you're a strong lady. Larva got her strength that night from the Yulu women and the knowledge of her ancestors. It made me strong and happy. Now I am hoping for young people to have that journey and get that knowledge what our ancestors or older Yulu who have done and taught us, yeah. For tens of thousands of years, Yolngu women gave birth on their traditional lands, in the bush and in traditional ways. But that all changed when Methodist missionaries arrived in 1921 and built a hospital. Yolngu elder Elaine Goyman, who was nearing 90, was in her teens when she started working as a midwife. She's speaking to me through a translator, Joanne. I was only 16 years old that time when I got the first job as being a midwife. Goyman is telling her story from outside the community church. Even decades after missionaries left the island, she's still devout, like many people here. But as a young midwife, she worked between two cultures. That's the time when I was young, I was cutting the umbilical cord. Shells, I used to use shells. As in seashells. She remembers using them to cut the umbilical cord. And I was never afraid to do that. Goyman, who has six children of her own, has spent most of her life looking after women before, during and after childbirth. She says babies born in Galawinku are born connected to culture and born strong. Just as her strength comes from being on country, connected to her songline, which you can hear being performed now. Why is it important for a baby to be born on country here? Like wanting to see these children being born on the land, a country, so that the mother and, mother and child has to be strong. But in the 1980s, big changes happened. Across Australia, women were discouraged from having their babies in remote communities. They were told it would be safer for both them and their newborns if they went to big city hospitals. So for women from Gullawinku, that means flying to a place like Darwin to give birth, often alone, far away from families and their homeland and further away still from the traditional Yulnu way of birth. A lot of people sort of say, oh, look, you know, birthing on country, you're talking about having babies under the tree, you know, in the bush. It's crazy. Mothers and babies will die. You know, I hear that a lot. 
This is Professor Sue Kilday. She's the Professor of Midwifery at Charles Darwin University. We've institutionalised birth, we've medicalised birth and the minute we started moving women from community into town and not taking the aunties, the grandmas, not allowing women escorts and, and not allowing those traditional practices to occur in the hospitals that we work in, the minute we did that we started to actually break down the passing down of Indigenous knowledge which is you know, it's a travesty that we've done that because they've cared for mothers and babies for so many years and so well. In the Northern Territory today, a place twice the size of Texas, there are only four towns where a woman can give birth. So if you're expecting a baby and live in a remote community, the government pays for you leave home at 37, 38 weeks to travel to a hospital hundreds of kilometres away. And when you get there, there might not even be a translator that speaks your language. Larapa Mepalama at Charles Darwin University relates to this experience. But to me, my English is not the first language. It's fifth or sixth language. Imagine being in a strange environment of a hospital ward. The baby's coming. You're in pain, scared, and you don't understand what the doctor is saying scary and people get shame and they sit down and it's making it hard for the baby to come out mm. you know because she don't know what word she's using mm. language they're using and because it's too expensive for you to bring your partner or kids or mum all the way into town you're alone in that hospital room and why do they send women by themselves? Like That's such a scary so experience. Many, it's unbelievable that whoever thought of this policy and thought it was okay, it is absolutely unbelievable. It's the one thing that we should be so ashamed of. And they also have to leave their other children at home. Dr Sarah Island is from the Molly Wadagugu Research Centre, named after the late Bruder Elder and midwife Molly Wadagugu. And that creates a whole load of um, social issues as well because their primary caregiver um, isn't keeping them safe. This policy was set up to make things better for remote mums and their babies. But a lot of babies in East Arnhem Land aren't thriving. A staggering one in five Yulnu babies are born too soon. That's higher than anywhere else in Australia. They're twice as likely as non-Aboriginal babies in the region to be born premature and four times more likely to be born underweight. There really is a crisis occurring here. It's a quiet one. Sarah Ireland spent years working as a remote area midwife in communities across northern Australia and she's seen the consequences of being born premature. Babies might need to remain in the intensive care unit for months. And then back in their community, they're far away from services and vulnerable to all kinds of setbacks childhood illness, disability, lower educational attainment and even chronic disease in adulthood. Preterm birth impacts everything in life. These little babies are, you know, might be the ones that really struggle at school with hearing loss, sometimes vision loss. It's not all preterm babies, but we have to turn this around. So addressing premature birth is just such a crucial thing to improve the life course health of Yornal. And we believe that empowering the women here to, to help address some of those factors in premature birth, we could make a difference. There's a lot of reasons why babies might be born premature. Chronic health problems, smoking, stress. Houses are crowded in Galawinku because of the housing shortage. 
jobs are hard to come by, healthy food's expensive. There's a lot out of people's control here. But there's one thing mums in Gullawinku want, and that is better control over how they have their babies. Goyman believes bringing birth back to traditional lands will help women and their babies better thrive. This has to happen at home in Gullawinku, not in hospital in big towns. And that's when I started like working as a midwife because it has to take time. Got space, got breathing. Many, many women will tell you that they feel as though things happen to them against their, you know, that they didn't provide informed consent. So we need to wake up. And, and what we're seeing with birth on country is community taking control. If you don't have choice, you're not able to exercise that control over your body. Uh, not birthing in a hospital is really such a marginalised thing and there is no scientific evidence behind that. Home birth can be a safe option, birth in birth centres can be a safe option. Some of the work that's happening in Gallowinko I think is quite groundbreaking and you know it's a feminist issue, it's a women's issue, it's an Aboriginal issue and if you put those three things together and we are, we're going against the medical institutions. Western medicine has its benefits for babies and birthing. Overall mums are now much less likely to die in childbirth and babies born early are living longer than ever before. But Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women are still dying in childbirth around four times more than non-Indigenous women. And that statistic stands out globally. Things are not working here. And the medical profession is one part of the problem. But, you know, I've got medical colleagues, doctors, friends that actually know that we have to try this. Like, not all doctors are saying we shouldn't be doing this. They, everybody knows that we've, we're not... What we're doing at the moment isn't working. That's what's exciting about what's happening in Gallowinku. The community is working together to find its own solutions. Larapa and Sarah, an Aboriginal woman and a non-Aboriginal woman, have come together to drive the Caring for Mum on Country project. And, and it's weaving together Western and Yulni knowledge systems around birthing. Larapa and I connected with a lot of the cultural knowledge holders around Gallowinku to understand more about the Yulni system of birthing. And we developed some resources. Resources that are being used to train Yulnu women to be doulas, or in language, jacamis. They're the caretakers of pregnancy and birth, but they're different from midwives and don't do anything medical. They're more like advocates to support women throughout their pregnancy and birth. We combine the Western knowledge, but always we're explicitly privileging Yulnu knowledge and then allowing students access to sort of Western medical knowledge and, and integrating that. And, and these classes, they're not a lecture, they're collaborative. And students are encouraged to share their own traditional understanding of birth and ask questions about how the Western medical system really works. With that opportunity to talk deeply through stories, people can actually get the whole story. And as we've all commented many times, knowledge is power. In her 80s now, going into 90s. Elder and midwife Goyman knows how powerful traditional knowledge can be. She's an advisor to the Caring for Mum on Country project 
and reckons she'll keep sharing her knowledge until she's at least 100. Like, her pathway has to be seen by the younger people, especially the mothers, so that knowledge is being kept. Traditional knowledge has been buried. Larapa Mapalama. No one is going out to teach Yolngo food. No one is taking young people out in the bush to, you know, show what things we need to get for the baby. And when it comes to the baby time, now we already depend on the shop food, eating rubbish taka. For thousands of years, Yolngo people knew how to keep pregnant women healthy knew what bush tucker was rich in iron for women to eat after they had their babies, and they had Yulmi words to describe the stages of pregnancy. But all this got lost in translation when we look at technical medical terms. Because, for example, there's no Yulmi word for cervix. I would like young women to start learning and start listening to older grey hair people like me because we forgot that knowledge that you all know in thousands of years like we forgot that so we need to bring that knowledge back for nowadays or in future this is all part of what's called the birthing on country movement and really birthing on country can have two different meanings it can be about the type of support a woman receives if they have to go to hospital for example is there an understanding of the cultural needs of first nations women amongst the staff or it can literally mean giving birth on traditional lands. And women here are pushing for that to happen, which presents a real challenge to mainstream medicine. Alarapa Mepalama. It's a choice whether a woman wants to do it on the land or they go with the help of midwife. Why is it important for a young baby to be born here? Why is that so important? Because I know if the woman get birth on this country, it's connected to the land and giving identity and give them strength to guide them. But having a baby outside a major hospital is clearly not without risk, especially in a remote community where specialist help is hundreds of kilometres away. And the women here are at higher risk of having premature babies in need of intensive care. It's a really tricky one because if there is a complication that occurs, it does get tricky in terms of flying them out to a major centre where they can deal with that complication. That's a bit more of a barrier and a hurdle to overcome to to have that sort of system. This is Dr Marilyn Clark. She's a Waramai woman and an obstetrician and gynaecologist. She's chair of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Women's Health Committee with the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists. Marilyn isn't convinced that it's safe for all women to give birth in remote communities. I think there's not going to be, there's no one magic bullet. Sue Kilday, Professor of Midwifery at Charles Darwin University, understands her concern. You don't want to be having women out in the remote communities who have got, you know, complex health histories and do have risk factors that much would be much safer, you know, with a, a team of medical specialists around them. Nobody's talking about doing that. We're talking about making sure you've got the right staff, the right equipment with the right transport so that if anything happens or women do need to be transferred, they can be transferred. 
But Dr Marilyn Clark warns even low-risk births can become dangerous really quickly, which spells trouble if you're far away from a large hospital. But she says we can do more to make First Nations women feel culturally safer during birth if they do have to travel to a hospital, starting with having a trained support person, such as a Jacquemere or a doula, or a midwife accompanying them. I think ideally, you know, that continuity of midwife care would be be great and they could connect with that woman early in the pregnancy and go through her pregnancy journey with her right through to when she has to relocate to the major centre and then having that person there when she delivers would, I think, help go a long way to helping a lot of these women. Every woman deserves a Jacquemere before, during and after childbirth. Dr Sarah Ireland. And the women in Gullawinku are shouting out and saying that they want support to be able to look after their women better. And it's time that our Western medical systems make space for that. We've got to redesign the system and it's urgent. And now there's good evidence to suggest that having the same trained support person throughout your pregnancy can actually reduce your chance of having a preterm birth. That connection and care throughout a pregnancy does matter. It's about increasing the employment, the education, the training of Aboriginal women. So it's not just about, you know, clinical outcomes. You know, they say it takes a village to grow a baby. And I think that's what Birthing Young Country is all about. It's about, you know, getting the village to wrap around these mums and bubs and work in a way that's actually going to be effective and safe. You know, what we don't want is non-Indigenous people that come in and do it for us. Dr Marilyn Clark. We want to build the capacity of our own people and provide those pathways for us to get into these jobs. And Indigenous-led programs change lives, as Professor Sue Kilday and colleagues found out when they studied another Aboriginal-led program in Brisbane over seven years. It's the Birthing in Our Community Hub. It's linked to Mater Hospital, which means there are lots of doctors and nurses and specialists on site, and that simply wouldn't be possible in remote communities. But their results, which were published in the prestigious medical journal The Lancet, were so striking. They found the rate of First Nations babies born premature halved. Plus, mums attended more appointments and were more likely to breastfeed their babies. Most likely because they felt comfortable, they felt safe, they felt secure, they built relationships with the staff. And the way the service wrapped around the mothers and babies and built trusting relationships and were able to help them in whatever way they needed meant that risk factors were addressed and what we saw is better outcomes. So we can look at all of the, the dismal health statistics, but Indigenous people and their culture are full of strengths. And so it's taking a strengths-based approach to really work with families to look after a baby. And it's also embedding governance and control back to the community. And you can see that working so well here in Gullawinku, where the community has become activated and really wants to be part of um, reaching solutions. But it's worth pointing out that the NT struggles to hire and keep health staff in remote Aboriginal communities. And despite the fact the doula program delivers accredited training, the government still isn't funding it, even though the gap between the rate of non-Indigenous babies and Indigenous babies being born premature hasn't changed at all since 2008. It's just crazy. It's insane. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why government... It's like handing them a close-the-gap solution on a platter. 
I just don't know why they haven't run with it. So now the Gallowinku community is gathering to celebrate the first graduates from its doula school. We're heading together to the church grounds for the ceremony. It's a day nearly two years in the making for coordinators Larapa and Sarah. Importantly, all 11 graduates walk away with qualifications. Larapa believes this Ballander, or Western, accreditation will be essential to the program's success. And one day, she hopes it will offer a path into midwifery for Yolngu women. My dream would be like Yolngu midwife, a doula, and a Ballander midwife work together. I would like to see Yolngu there's going to be a reviving, a restoration, coming back from like from 100 years, awakening that has been kept and has been never touched for a long time. And that's how this program that they're doing, they're pointing out new direction coming from the past to the new. Larapa Maypalama, connecting the past and present and future of birthing on country, East Arnhem Land style. So great to have you on the show this week, Lauren. It's been good to be here. And big thanks to all the Yunnan women who shared their stories with me. Absolutely. Head to the Science Friction website for a really beautiful feature with stunning photos from Lauren's trip. Today's show was a co-production between ABC Darwin and Science Friction for NAIDOC Week. Happy NAIDOC Week, you all. Lauren and I love teaming up on this one. Talk to me on Twitter, at Natasha Mitchell. And I'm on at Lauren Roberts NT. See you later. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.